Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, find us on the web at revivallifechurch.org. How you doing, church? Feeling good? God has been talking. You've been hearing him? Been talking a lot recently. That's the joke. He's always talking. I like when I'm listening. I find that more fruitful than him just talking. <clears throat> I got a couple. I got a couple uh, prophetic words that the Lord spoke to me today, so I want to share them real quick. Is that all right? Is that all right? Bless you. That's not a prophetic word. Uh, hallelujah. Let's pray real quick. Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, we want your presence here today. We thank you that you're alive and you're speaking and you're so very good. That, you're, <clears throat> that you are spirit, which says we can't really see you. And so it requires faith to follow you. And I thank you that you give us faith. I thank you that faith is both a fruit and a gift. And it means they both either they come from you. Either they come out of us from you or they go into us from you. But either way, it's you. And so we thank you, Father, that you give us faith to follow you. We just thank you for that today. We pray that you would increase, increase our faith today. That you would increase our faith, uh, and probably even more importantly, that you would decrease our doubt. That you would expose our doubt, <clears throat> and you would deal with it so it doesn't block the faith that we already have. Because we really want to follow you in significant ways. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Man, was it raining when you got here? Or was it not? Praise God. No? Yeah? Yeah, no? It was when I got here. I got here at 7, so. <clears throat> Hallelujah. So, hey, Brandon, where? Are you standing? You're in the back. How are you doing? You're standing with your boy there. How are you doing? Feeling good this morning with your boy? I got a word for you this morning. Now, let him hold the boy. Let him, just, let him just be in the prophetic anointing. That's all right. Brandon tried to use it as an excuse to hold, this, hold the boy. <clears throat> so um, I got good news. First of all, Florida won last night, which I know everybody was very riveted to see the Gator game, how it went. Go Gators, amen. They're like, whatever. They whooped up on some uh, Charleston Southern, I think. I think that's a high school squad out of, I think they teach like basket making there or something. I'm not exactly sure, but they have a football team and we beat them. That's all that matters. A win is a win. They beat them. They put half a hundred on them, which is always good for your football team to do. They got this. Uh, I'm still talking to you. you. You're paying attention, Brandon. I'm talking to you here. Come on. You got to focus, man. You got to focus. <clears throat> so they got this. Uh, they got this running back. They, Florida has like a million running backs now. They have like they're like six deep. They have more running backs. They know what to do with. Right. And so um, the depth chart is like ridiculously deep on running back. And uh, they got this dude out of Georgia who's got kind of a funny first name. I can't really pronounce it. It's like Lamaline or Lananine or Laminine or Laminate. I don't know. His last name is uh, Perrine or Pirine or something like that. It sounds funny how they pronounce it. I can't say the first or the last name. But I know the last name looks like per what I said earlier. And, um, <clears throat> and he's small for a running back in college. He's not, and he's not particularly fast. 
which doesn't sound initially like, like yeah, doesn't sound like a standout. But um, I believe he's a true freshman, and he's and he's and he's playing um, because he's slippery. He's hard to tackle, right? And so um, I'm sure you all want to go and watch the highlights from the game. He, uh, you know, he had there was four open field um, backs. He, he dodged them all, and he went through them like they could not tackle him. And um, he had a really great night last night. And uh, the Lord told me he, he he showed me you, and then he showed me this amazing University of Florida Gator football player. Now you could think that like just to compare me to someone who goes to Florida is is an honor in itself. It being the greatest school in Florida by far. And one of the best in the southeast, but um, <clears throat> but the Lord being he showed he showed me this morning, and then he showed me uh, this guy, and I knew exactly what he was saying. And the Lord told me that um, you're not as nimble as you want to be right now. And at times it feels like there's things that are keeping you from doing what you want to be doing. Like you feel like there's stuff weighing you down, and you're not. But the Lord said the the season is coming where you're going to shed a lot of the stuff keeping you from cutting the way you want to be cutting right now. Does that make sense? And you're going to be able in that season these things that look like you can't avoid them. You see them coming in the distance. You're like, oh my God, here they come, and then they hit you. Like you cannot stop them from coming. Does that make sense? This is what the Lord showed me. And but the season is coming that you're going to get very nimble. Like he's just going to make you more nimble, and it's not always going to be like this, but he's teaching you. He's teaching you right now, and you're going to get back on your feet. You're going to get, I just feel like there's a quickness that's coming back to you, and, uh, and, 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 and it's not a quick work because there's, there's learning that has to be done, right? There's learning that has to be done, but you're going to get victory in these things, and you're going to, you're going to be an overcomer, and as a matter of fact, as I'm telling you this now, I see the Lord is going to show you how to disciple people in this. There's people who... They like they like they're in. They know they're in it. Like they're like they're getting. We'll say just to just to continue the um, illustration. They're getting tackled by life, right? They know they're getting tackled, but they never see the guy coming. Let it, so they don't ever make a move out of it, right? Like they don't see it until they're tackled. And so I really feel like the Lord is gonna. Um, he's really gonna teach you in this season on how to see the stuff coming and how to avoid it. So you could teach people first how to see it coming, and then how to avoid it instead of just being resigned. Does that make sense? So let me pray that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing in Brandon Ware. And Lord, you know what these things are. Lord, um, uh, and I just pray in the name of Jesus that uh, you, would, you, would, you would disciple him. You would disciple him like you did Jesus to be so obedient and to uh, flow with Holy Spirit. And that you would help uh, Brandon huh, to rise up in this anointing that you've called him to. In wow, in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen and amen and amen and amen. I got, a, I got another vision, and um, this one is kind of, um, I don't know who it's for, but I had a vision of, um, <clears throat> now this is very specific. Someone has been praying this, or it's been very heavy on your heart, and um, what I saw was it looked like a daycare room, but it wasn't daycare, but there were several small children. Does that mean anything to anybody? Does it, does it like, oh my gosh, this is what I was praying. Anybody, I don't know if it means like someone has been praying for to have multiple children. Maybe you were called to, um, maybe you were called to uh, lead an orphanage. You're to take in orphans. This is going to be heavy in your heart. All right, stand up. Is anybody else in the room? I don't know what we're supposed to do with this, but we're going to pray. Father, I thank you that you hear this call.
Lord, I thank you that you're going to guide her in, um, through the shaking that comes to prepare her for this stewardship. Holy Spirit, that you'll be very close and you would overwhelm her. I thank you that this is on your heart. And I pray that you would do a miracle in the midst. In Jesus' name, everybody say, hallelujah. Can I, can I give another one? Is that all right? I keep wanting to give last services. You take yours again? Oh, there was somebody who was in, uh, who was in, uh, in the class, so I've got to give them theirs later. No. <laughs> Calvin, where are you at? Stand up if you would. <clears throat> so here, here's what I saw. I saw um, there's a shift that's, that's been happening in your life. You felt it, um, and it's been a slow work, but it was never intended to be a slow work. Right? It was intended to be kind of a... And, um, wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I saw it. Wow. Yeah, I just need... Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I... Um, this is weird. I'm getting another sports analogy, probably because you're another athlete, but um, I see, like, the puck has been passed to you. And you know, like, I, I don't know anything about hockey at all. Literally. But I know if you get paralyzed without moving, you don't get anywhere, and then the defenders come. Right? And I just feel like the puck has been passed, and it's time to shoot, right? It's time to dart to the, to the, to the net. Is that what they call it? I feel like it's time to, to I feel it's like time to move, like, rapidly accelerate. Uh, and, and just as this shift happening, it looks like there's a lot of stuff in the air, but the stuff in the air is supposed to, stuff you're not supposed to take with you. That's why it's in the air, right? And there's things that you're sure of and those things that travel with you, right? And so in this, in this shift, there's an, there's, an, there's an anointing to go with it. And, but there's also like an instinct that Holy Spirit puts on you when you're in the midst of a shift. When, you're, like, when Holy Spirit causes you to turn, he doesn't just leave you by yourself to figure it out. You know that? He's with you in it. Um. <clears throat> Uh, he's with you in it. And so I, I, um, I feel like this anointing that has caused you to shift has not caused you to live in the shift. And that's a word for lots of people. When God has caused you in the shift, we, we, we spend too much time holding on to the last season. And so we never get to come into the new season. Right? And a lot of stuff, it's, you know, God's going, he's going to shake it loose one way or another. And I found the quicker the better. Right? At some point, you just got to cut, right? But close your eyes. I need you to see this. Father, in the name of Jesus. Wow. I see the whole team cheering you on, Calvin, and you can't hear it right now. And, the, you know, and, and, and the host of heaven is watching. And uh, there's really strategic decisions that you're making in this season and it's important that you walk with it and you follow with it in jesus name amen 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 give, if you would give a clap to god <laughs> hallelujah 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 hey i'm gonna speak in code right now is that okay only some people are gonna know what i'm saying I sent all my leaders an email on Friday. Hallelujah. So my, um, I'm going to tell you a joke. Can I tell you a joke real quick? Is that okay? Look at me. I'm up here. I love my mom. 
my mom, my mom is, she's, my mom is 72. Uh, she doesn't know that. She posted this on Facebook this morning, and I just have to share it with you. You know, minimalism is kind of becoming kind of nouveau now, right? Like, it's really just the biblical principle to be happy with what you have, not try to find joy in things. And so minimalism, they say, you know, look at everything and stop trying to acquire stuff. But if something doesn't bring you joy, get rid of it, right? My mom posted this. I tried the Japanese method of decluttering where you hold every object that you own, and if it does not bring you joy, you throw it away. So far, I've thrown out all of the vegetables, <laughs> my bra, the electric bill, the scale, a mirror, and my treadmill. <laughs> and I share that with you just so you can understand me a little better. And that's like the clean stuff I can share that my mom posts on social media. Oh, it's great. It's great having a mom, right? Like I'll get a prophetic word from the Lord. I'll take a video and I'll just be prophesying over people. And my mom will say, nice shirt. I'm like, thanks, mom. Appreciate the comment. I love that shirt on you. Appreciate it. Appreciate that, Mom. That's, that's encouraging. Soon it'll be like, are you coming to dinner? That's nothing to do with them. That's what's coming next. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk today about the closeness of Holy Spirit. And um, uh, thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Hallelujah. The intercessors this morning had this word. They had no idea what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Recognize God. I don't know what this means exactly. God deeper penetration of our hearts. I'm sure that means something. I get the idea. But God is, there's a deeper penetration of God in our hearts. He wants us to recognize and a vulnerability to Holy Spirit. And they had no idea I'm talking about having a deeper walk with Holy Spirit and the closeness of Holy Spirit in our lives. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this more than I'm going to preach it this week. Is that okay? So you're going to have to actually focus because I'm not going to try to entertain you. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> you know, as we look in the scriptures and we read in the, um, in the book of John, um, we see uh, Jesus at the Last Supper, right? And so right around John uh, 13, I believe, is Jesus at the Last Supper. <clears throat> and um, uh, it, it, the, the Bible literally says that um, Satan entered Judas. Satan entered Judas. And they say, can you be a Christian and have a demon? I don't know how you can be more Christian than be a disciple of Jesus in the flesh. And Satan entered him. Now, we don't know a lot about Judas, but we know that. That's not what I want to be remembered for. How about you? That is not, that, that, that scares me a little bit. And it says, uh, Satan entered Judas. And, um, and, and then it says um, that, you know, he had the Last Supper and then Judas left. You know the story I'm talking about, right? Then Judas left, and, um, and then Jesus begins to talk. And um, Jesus says an interesting scripture. He said, as right after you know, Judas took the, 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 the food, Satan entered him, and Jesus said to him, whatever you're going to do, do it quickly. 
right? And then Judas left. And in um, John 13, I think it's 31, um, Jesus said, um, now the Son of Man is glorified. Now the Son of Man is glorified. And, and I find that interesting um, that Jesus is glorified in the midst of his betrayal. And um, we, we have this um, belief and this teaching that I agree with that Jesus will help us overcome things. Uh, but there is the scripture that says that, that uh, we are to perfect his suffering, which I don't like that part as much. If I could be honest, I like the health and wealth. I'm not as like in the perfect, like if Jesus needed his suffering perfected, I don't think I'm the one who can perfect it, right? Anything that Jesus did, I'm, I just have a feeling I can't perfect anything that he started, right? But the Bible says that we perfect his, we, are, we perfect his suffering. Um, and, and that has to be comforting in that if you are suffering, it doesn't necessarily mean you did something wrong. If you're in warfare in this season, if you're not coming into what God has called you to do, that does not mean that you are missing it. Does that make sense? doesn't mean that you've missed it. It doesn't mean that you're being punished. It, it, it doesn't. It just, you know, it, Jesus didn't say, I'm going to keep you from having any problems. He's going to say that you're not going to have problems that you're going to go through alone. And that's the real promise of Jesus, that we would never be alone. Now, Jesus also gives us wisdom in the midst of these troubles, and I'm, and I'm thankful for that. How about you? I'm very thankful for that. And so Jesus, Judas left. Jesus said, now in this, uh, I'm glorified. And then starting in chapter 14, John chapter 14, on through John chapter 17 is what they call the farewell discourse. That's a fair, that's a, it's, a, it's a portion of scripture. Jesus talks all the way through it and he's teaching. And a discourse, of course, is a, is, is a talk, right? Um, and it's a talk or a teaching that Jesus is doing as he's saying what they call it goodbye but really what Jesus is doing is he is handing over the church to Holy Spirit. Right? That's what he's doing. He's, he's putting, he's preparing the church for Holy Spirit to lead. Now you would say, no, Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And I would say, yes, God is the head of the church. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so as Jesus is handing off the stewardship of these people to Holy Spirit, he's talking to them and he's, he's telling them about how um, things happen and that uh, Holy Spirit will be there for them. But they really had no idea what he was talking about because they had no grid for it. They just, they really, I, I, you know, I have found that um, God likes to use nobodies to do amazing things, but the nobodies often don't get their mind renewed to start thinking outside of the paradigm they were born into. And so they stay stuck in small thinking. So here's these disciples, and to them, they just weren't going to be nobodies anymore. They were just thinking that their lives were going to be changed in a way that they're going to be somebody. And that, that is a message in and of itself. If you're here and you don't have everything worked out, God can make you to be a somebody. Your life, the, the trajectory it's been on, doesn't have to stay in that trajectory. That, and that's good news, amen? And so they're just thinking, man, we, we we're actually have a somebody who cares about us. Instead of thinking, we're going to change the world. Like the entire world. Like there's whole parts of the world they'd never even heard of. They had no understanding of, yet their words were going to go there. They had no clue. Like, like even if they'd been caught up in the spirit and saw today, they, they wouldn't be able to comprehend half of what they saw. Right? It, there's no way you could comprehend what a car is if you come from the, the times of Jesus. There's no way you can look at it and say, oh, that looks like a mechanized means of transportation. There's no possible way you would have thought that let alone a plane, let alone packaged food, right? Like just 
There's no way they could have processed this, right? And yet, here we are today speaking the words that they wrote down. This is what, like, like when Jesus touches your life, you're now tapped into the eternal. You're now at one with the eternal one who created everything with his words. And now you become part of his plan. You become part, you become part of something so much bigger. You know, like, like, like it's just a, like a cinder block that hopes one day it can be something and one day becomes a wall in a massive cathedral. Like you had no vision for that, but here you are creating a place of worship. And so Jesus is, is trying to tell these people, listen, you, like the way you look at stuff is really kind of irrelevant. I need you to look at stuff the way I look at stuff. I, 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 I have a paradigm and I have a guidance that you don't know about. And, and Jesus is so... Um, secure and he trusts Holy Spirit so much that he didn't feel like he needed to write them a manual, right? He's the only leader of a major religion who didn't write a book, right? Literally, the only leader of a major religion never wrote a book because he trusted God. He trusted Holy Spirit to shepherd his church. No other leader could do that because God wasn't behind it. And so, and so, Jesus so trusted Holy Spirit with the church, he was just, he kind of gave them some clues so it would resonate once stuff started happening. They would have, they have one of those, aha, oh yeah, he did say that the Spirit of God was going to be poured out and wouldn't just be in the temple, it'd be in me. They, have no, they had no grid for Spirit being in them instead of in the temple. But once it happened, it was, oh yeah. Now, are, are you with me? Are we tracking together here? Good. So 14 to 7, they call it the farewell discourse. He's handing off the church to Holy Spirit. And um, then he starts telling them really encouraging stuff, right? right? He, he's like, he just wants them to be edified. He's like, hey, you know how the world has hated me? They're going to hate you too. Let's talk more about that great, you know, travel the world and, and, and change things, right? But this is what Jesus was telling them. Hey, guess what? So he's telling the disciples, like, things may not work out. It doesn't mean you got it wrong. He's saying, listen, just like I didn't find my validation in the world, you won't either, and they'll hate you for that. You know there's a system set up in the world, right, that you would lust after what the world lusts after. And if you don't fall into that paradigm, they hate you. Right? Like, 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 like the world, like there, there's, there's no one more generous than sinners. Sinners will spend their last penny on sin. They just do it towards lust instead of towards anything worthwhile. Sinners will spend themselves absolutely broke. Christians will question whether or not they should spend the money on God. Sinners will sell everything they own for what they worship. Every single thing they own. They trust that that thing is going to bring them joy. And they spend everything on it. Christians, we're not so sure, so we feel like we better hold on to it. God may not. Maybe he's not really able to. Let me hold on to that $80. That'll make the difference. Right? But, but right? Sinners, will, they're, they're just, they're just, they just throw good, good money after bad. Like, this has just wrecked my life. I've lost all my friends. Lost Let's try it again, though. <laughs> Maybe this time, the sin will work. <laughs> they're just super generous. Like, I'll just keep giving to that. Not working, turn it. Oh, just, let me just keep giving. Let me steal some from him so I can give more. Right? And so, <clears throat> Jesus said, listen, you're not going to operate in that system and the world's going to hate you for it. Right? Are, are you following me? Are we okay? And so, 
And so Jesus says, you know, I, I want to prepare you for what's coming. So we look at John chapter 16, starting in verse 1. He says, these things I have spoken to you so that you may be kept from stumbling. Now, let me pause here real quickly. <clears throat> Jesus doesn't want you to stumble. And he didn't say there's nothing that you're going to have to stumble on. I'm going to, I'm going to clear the lane from you so, so you'll never stumble. What he said was, I want to tell you about these problems in the world because they're going to come and I don't want you to stumble on them, right? The, the Bible says that, you know, your word is a lamp, is a lamp unto, my, unto my path and a light unto my feet. And if there's nothing in the lane, then you wouldn't need a light to see where you're going, right? If there weren't things you're going to have to avoid, you could do it in the darkness. But Jesus said, I, I don't want you just to wander. There's a specific place I want you to go. And I need you to be, um, allow Holy Spirit to illuminate your path so that you'll, you won't stumble on these things. And so he gives us these things in the Word that we can read them, get in our spirits. When they come up, we don't get them and say, oh, God, God has forsaken me. I'm having problems. Or, God, how come you don't hear my prayers? I'm, I'm running into issues. Or, God, what? No, he say, listen, listen, I'm, I'm telling you now, there are things you're going to have to overcome. I don't want you to stumble on those things that I've called you. Does this make sense? Yeah. I've called you to get past things. And, 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 and for many in this room, I feel this strongly, uh, the Lord has things in your path to overcome because he, he wants the world to see that you can get past these things. Amen. That you don't, you don't have to be overcome by these challenges in life. There's actually a way to thrive in the midst of it. And uh, I feel this by the Spirit. Just, just right now, the Lord spoke this to me. I, I just, I just <clears throat> the warfare is here. And some of you, it's on a very public stage. And the Lord is looking. Um, he has strengthened you. He's with you. And there's a new strength that you can tap into in the midst of this struggle right now. And, and, and some of you, this is like the world is watching. And I don't say that under condemnation, but he says the world is watching and you can overcome these things. Right? So he says, I told you this to like keep you from stumbling, which tells us Jesus doesn't want us to stumble. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. They will make you outcasts from the synagogue, but an hour is coming for everyone who kill who for everyone who kills you to think that he is offering a service to God. There's more encouragement right there. The time is coming that the people who kill you, they're going to think they're doing me a favor. Right? And then he just keeps talking. I'm like, wait a minute, about that. that let's just back up for a second. Can we, can we talk about the people killing me thing? Since you know it's coming, how about we just do something about it, right? Verse 3, these things they will do because they have not known the Father or me. And it's important. It's important to understand the world does not know him. It's so easy to think that people know him. But if you do not bring him, they will not know him. If you do not bring them, they will not know him. You can't just cast, you have to bring them. You have to get on the journey with them. They're on a journey and everybody's on a journey in life. Whether you came here today on purpose or by accident, somebody brought you, you stumbled in, you don't know why you're here. We're all on a journey. We're all on a journey and without God, there's no way you can answer the three questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And where am I going? You can't know that without your creator being a part of it. And so as you're wandering on this journey, somebody who actually has Holy Spirit can see the path, can see the direction, can, their, their, their path is illuminated. They get on the journey with them. And this, this is supposed to be you. You get on this journey with people and you begin to cast light on their path. 
This is where you're going. This is what you're called for. I can see the gift of God in your life. This is how you know the Father. This is how you get this own light into your life so you can see where you're going. It does not have to be a mystery. You actually can know God and know what He wants you to do with your life. You actually can know the purpose you were created. It does not have to be a mystery. Amen? Amen. And if we don't do that, who's going to do it? The sinners will give direction real good, won't they? I got two kids in high school, and, and my wife and I never say, I'm worried about them going over there. Someone might illuminate their path. Watch out now. Watch out for those kids over there. They might be a lamp under his feet, and he'll know what he's walking into. No, we're afraid they're going to lead him in darkness because we know how aggressive sinners want to spread sin, right? No one evangelizes like sinners. Right? They built the internet for sin. They built Vegas. Right? We built that TBN thing that got, <laughs> got shut down. Remember the, remember the vacation thing they were building out there? The water slide didn't even last. That's what we built. I mean, and the Church of Jesus Christ, which has been a fairly successful franchise, I would say. Right? Okay, we got Chick-fil-A too. <laughs> Nothing like Christian chicken, right? We <laughs> gotta have Christian chicken. Thank you, Jesus. They need to hire some Seventh-day Adventists and be open on Sunday though, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's continue on verse 7 in our scripture here. Verse 7. We're going to skip ahead. But Jesus says this, but I tell you the truth, as if he could lie. But I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Let me tell you this. Today's message is on the nearness of Holy Spirit. And there's a false teaching out there. And I want you to hear it because I want you to be inoculated from it. The false teaching is that you are not to worship Holy Spirit. They say, you're not to worship Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't worship Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, Holy Spirit would glorify Jesus. The Bible says, they say, the, 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 the Bible says that the that Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. First of all, the Bible doesn't talk. God talks. So the Bible doesn't say anything. You could say the Bible reads or it's printed in the Bible, but you can't say the Bible said, right? Are you with me? We follow Jesus, right? And, and so the scripture does say that. You remember when Carlos Rodriguez came and, and, and shared with us? You remember that? Remember, remember we talked about how the Godhead, the three-in-one Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit are constantly battling to honor one another yeah. in the Godhead, that they never take the glory on themselves, but they always point it to another part of the Godhead. They always... Right? You remember that? Remember they're constantly giving, remember, remember, remember what the father said over Jesus? Like Jesus got baptized, he didn't, he didn't stand over him and say, I made it a great one here. No, he didn't. What did he say? He said, listen to him, right? He said, listen to Jesus. And Jesus then says, you know, oh, Jesus, oh, you're, you're, we see that you're good. Jesus says, there's none good but the father. Remember that? And remember, so it says here in the, in, in the scriptures that the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus, but then Jesus says, oh, you can sin against anybody you want, but if you sin against Holy Spirit, that can't be forgiven. And so we see in the scripture that the scripture does say where that, that, that the Spirit will glorify Jesus, but it's in the context that it's constantly, 
constantly there, the, 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 one, the oneness of the Godhead are constantly out honoring one another. It's not to say, don't worship. You, you can't preach from silence in Scripture. So the Scripture never says, do not worship Holy Spirit. So that's creating a doctrine, what they say, a doctrine from silence. The Scripture doesn't say that. That's taking a Scripture and then saying the opposite is a truth. So since Jesus said that Holy Spirit will magnify Jesus, then to worship Holy Spirit is sin. No, no, no. That's not what the Scripture actually says. Are, are you following me? That's creating a doctrine from silence, and that's actually error. It's a clever arguing trick. It's just not truth. And we just want to stand on truth. Amen? So you call God, God, call him Father, call him Son, Holy Spirit, Jesus, Lord, Adonai, Elohim, like creator. Like there's a whole bunch of ways. So some Jehovah Witnesses came to somebody's door. And he said, he says, we have a, I said, so we want to tell you about the name of God, Jehovah. And they said, oh, we have a name for him too. And they said, no way. He said, Yahweh. <laughs> I don't know why I just told you that. I have no idea. Stick to my notes. <laughs> okay, I'm getting to my point here. I'm, winding, I'm, winding, I'm getting somewhere, okay? Are you with me? I just want you to know, I'm talking to you today, but Holy Spirit is here, and I am literally watching him saturate you. He's saturating people. And as he saturates you today, Holy Spirit will lead you to the Father through his son, Jesus Christ. And he's, gonna, he's birthing a, a fresh conviction in your heart for righteousness. And he's activating gifts of prophecy in his house. So just, just chew on that. Allow that to happen while we're talking. Verse 12, if you could. <clears throat> so in verse 12, as we, as we skip ahead, verse 12, Jesus uh, continues his discourse with this. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. And here's what I want you to come away from this. We are totally dependent on God. We are totally dependent on God. We have a really bad rap out there that we think that we're perfect. And, and the, I don't know why, I don't know how we're conveying this to the world, but we're doing a bad job of letting the world know we don't know how to do anything without God. I just I hope that we as a house can just be more humble before the world and stop thinking that we have all the answers for their lives. We don't. God does. I'm just trying to get the answers for my life. I'm getting some of them. I'm getting some of them, and I feel pretty good. I'm on a path. But sweet Jesus, I don't have all of them. I certainly don't have all of them for the world. I do know they need God. I do know they need Jesus. Amen? The world needs Jesus. And, um, and, and so... When we start thinking we have all the answers, then we start thinking that we know where we're supposed to wind up. And the only thing that sets up on your life is disappointment that you're not there yet, right? That's, that's it. When you start mapping out your whole life plan, you start figuring out what God's end goal for your life is the only fruit that could come from that is disappointment because you're not there yet. 
Because we never set goals like, you know, God's great goal and plan for my life is to be right where I'm at right now. And I'm fully fulfilled in who I am. That doesn't happen, does it? No. We invent things on our own that we think we might be able to get, but are just kind of out of reach. And then we're constantly disappointed we don't get there because we don't actually get God's plan for where we're supposed to go. Is this making sense? Here's, here's the plan for that. You know, it's, I have found it's impossible to feel like a failure while you're staring at Jesus. It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible to look at Jesus and feel like a failure. It's absolutely impossible to look into his eyes and feel like I'm coming up short. Whether you're in sin or in victory, whether you've accomplished much or you've accomplished little, whether you've just started this path or you've been on this path for 30 years, you look at Jesus, you won't feel like a failure, you won't feel like you've arrived, and you're okay with it. As a matter of fact, when you're in a struggle in life, um, here's what I like to do. When it feels like the world is closing in around you, I like to look at Jesus. That's radical and deep, isn't it? I can't sell a book on that, so I've got to find 10 points that lead to that. And the 10th point will be look at Jesus, and everybody will be like, these 10 points are amazing. I feel so much better now just because the 10th one is look at Jesus, right? I'll sell a book. I'll make lots of money. We'll all go to Tahiti. Um, but yeah. Trip to Tahiti, not included. Um, <clears throat> Practice the art of meditating on God. Practice the art of seeing Him. Practice the art of staying connected to Jesus. He said He would never leave you or forsake you. And if you're saved, you can see Him. And you need to stay connected to Him. And, and what happens is, though, we think that we can, we can plan out our whole life and that we can attain it. And we can't. It's not possible. There's not just an instruction manual. I, I'm afraid what anybody says, you know, this Bible's an instruction manual for life. The Bible's an instruction manual for lots of stuff. It's an instruction manual for murder. It's an instruction manual for, 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 for adultery. It's got all kinds of stuff in there. You want to wipe genocide? Knowing Jesus? I mean, there's lots of stuff in there. I found that we're supposed to be connected to God. See Jesus. See Jesus. The Bible points us to Jesus. And so here's why I tell you this. First point here, God is still talking. Let's say it again. God is still talking. Let's say it together one more time. God is still talking. He's not just talking to the people who wrote the Bible. He's talking right now. He wants to talk to you. Jesus said it would happen. Let's look at this. John 16, 12. I have many more things to say to you, but you can't bear them when? Now. How many things does Jesus want to tell you? Let's look at it together. I have. All right. How, how much does Jesus want to talk to you? How many things does he have to tell you? Many more things. Has he talked to you already? You know what? He has many more things to tell you. Jesus has many things to tell you. He wants to tell you lots of stuff. He wants to talk to you. He wants to communicate with you. And, G and Holy Spirit helps us in our faith in God. Holy Spirit helps us to connect to God. Father is in heaven. He's a creator. He sits on all creation. Jesus is at his right hand. I'm telling you what the Bible says. Jesus at his right hand. Holy Spirit is here. Ignoring Holy Spirit is not a good plan to be close to the Father. He is God with us. He's here. Now, Jesus came in the flesh for a reason. Amen? Now, if you ask 100 people, about 85% of people say Jesus came to die for sins. 15% may say something on the lines of to do good works, to heal people, to... To, to, to demonstrate love, and that's all good. But 
most people say he came to die. He was born to die. And if he just came to die, then why did the father keep him from being murdered when he was a baby from, um, from Herod? Herod wanted to kill him when he was a baby. We could have skipped this whole persecution phase for the disciples. Could have been murdered right then. We had the sacrifice for sin. Let's move forward. But he lived for a reason, right? He lived for a reason. There was a reason, Holy Spirit, when the people were coming to persecute him, that he slipped out from their midst because he had more stuff to do than just die. He demonstrated for us how to live filled with Holy Spirit. He He demonstrated for us how to live, how to be connected to God here on earth. He demonstrated that life, and that's the life that we now live. I'm looking forward to heaven, but I don't want to skip I don't want to skip the life. I'm not living to die. I have something to do right here. And I want to leave a legacy. <clears throat> there was a word that Jesus was carrying. And do you know your life carries a word? There's a word on your life. And you have to live connected to the Holy Spirit to bring that word to fruition. Anybody can have kids. Few people can raise children. You need that word to go forth from your life. Hallelujah. I'm running late, so I'm going to quickly move on. Number two, Holy Spirit wants to guide you in this relationship. Holy Spirit wants to guide you. Listen, He is near. He is so very close, and He wants to guide you. John 16, 13. Jesus said this, and so if Jesus said it, we don't get to question it. But when He, the Spirit of truth comes, He'll guide you into all the truth, for he'll not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he'll speak and he'll disclose to you what is to come. This is the walk of faith he wants us to walk. He wants us to walk by faith. He wants us to be able to walk and not know what's ahead and not understand where this is all going, but be at peace right here in the present. The, 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 the most neglected area of our lives is the present we neglect the present because we're so worried about what's coming. We're so worried about what happened. We're so terrified and got to prepare and got to plan and got to sh- we, we just ne- We never live in the present. And this present is where Jesus wants you to live. It's where Holy Spirit wants to be with you. And there's this thing that I have found that once you die to your nervousness of not knowing what's coming and you die on the altar of, of assurance... We just so once, we, we, we worship assurance in knowing what's happening. And once we actually come to peace with God and we say, God, I actually believe you're good and things are going to work out and I trust you and I'm able to just stand. I don't need to know how this all unfolds. I just trust you. I'm going to just stand here in your presence. It's then he starts telling us things to come. When we worship assurance, we never get the, that assurance from God. When we surrender the need for it, we get it. It's almost like if we lay down our life, we find life, but if we hold on to it, we lose it. I believe a wise man said that. But I need you to know that when you're in the midst of the trial and you don't know what's going to happen and you're trusting God, you glorify Jesus in that. You, you bring glory to Jesus when you trust him, when you trust the spirit with your life. And I have a, I have a trick for you. Um, this one's actually biblical. When, when, when you really need to know what's going to happen, and you're like, 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 I have no idea what's coming ahead, God, and it's making me so panicked and nervous, and I don't know, I don't even know how to pray for it, Jesus. So I need you to give me some wisdom on how to pray for it. Jesus, Paul, 
gave us a scripture for that, Romans 8.26. This is what you do. In the same way, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we don't know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So you're like, I need to know. I'm just so scared about the future. I don't even know what's coming, Lord. I don't know. He's like, oh, here, here. Oh, you don't know. And you don't, oh, I have a pray in tongues. But I don't, I don't know. Oh, no, no, I didn't say you're going to know what's coming. I, I didn't say I'm going to bring, I'm going to lift the veil off. But you feel like you need to pray for the future. I got you. Pray in tongues. So you got it covered. That's you surrendering. That's you surrendering to God's plan and trusting him with your life. Does that make sense? We desperately need assurances, but hey, there aren't any. Once you live with that on this earth, things are not going to work out the way you thought they were going to work out. Once you just come to that peace, you can just live trusting Jesus. Does this make sense? The last thing I want to tell you, and I'm going to the band come up, that, that Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus by continuing the story. Does this make sense? Jesus said, I have a whole lot of things to tell you, but I can't tell them yet. And so Jesus wants to continue that story in your life. And John 16, 14 says, he'll glorify me, for he'll take of mine and will disclose it to you. See, when you're in Christ, Holy Spirit will take from Jesus and give you what you need for that journey. He transfers it as you need it in this journey. This is the spirit of revelation. And uh, right now, in this time, in this season, for whatever reason, there is, a, um, there is an increase in the spirit of revelation in this house. And God is activating prophetic gifts in really just a, a phenomenal way. And I don't, he hasn't told me why yet, but I know it's happening. Um, I'm not telling you I've seen the evidence. I'm saying he told me it's happening. And so I'm seeing it now after I, I believed him. And I believe the, the Lord is going to increase the prophetic gifting on some people. And um, it's going to manifest as fire um, on your body. <clears throat> and as he's increasing this uh, prophetic anointing, he's increasing authority in the spirit realm. Does that make sense? Does your spirit agree with that? He's pouring it out right now. Are you feeling the fire? I feel like um, at this very moment, and I'm going to pray for some people here in a moment, but there's fire being poured out right now. And there's people, you're beginning to feel it. Stand with me if you would, all over the room, if you would, just please. There's fire all over. There's fire. I haven't even begun to pray yet, and I'm a little... I'm happy, actually. So I'm not here to produce anything. I just want to recognize what God is doing. And um, God is raising up some prophets in the workplace, in the, in the, in the world. And uh, he wants, he's looking for some people who will be bold and just tell people about him and bring them. That you would just bring them. Bring the lost sheep home. That you would bring them. That you would care enough about what God cares enough to bring them. I'm going to let this stew a little bit. and God's going to begin giving vision to people right now. And uh, I'm, he told me to activate... ability to see things by Holy Spirit. And so if you will close your eyes right now, if you're not a follower of Christ, I'm going to have some people up here in a moment and uh, no matter what I tell people to come up for, you come up and you tell one of these people I want to become a follower of Jesus. Right? I'm going to call, call up some other people for other things, but you're going to come up and tell them I want to be a follower of Jesus. 
But other people right now, he's, and maybe even to you, maybe even to you, uh, he's, um, oh, I, I'm just going to pray. We, I call it the gift of revelation, but you're just going to see things. God's going to give visions. He's going to open up your ability to see what's happening in the spirit realm since God is spirit. Father, in the name of, mm, open heaven right now. There it is. There it is right there. Open heavens, Lord. That you would touch people in a, in a significant way today. That you would draw them close to you. They would hear your voice. Now, there's some people at the top of your chest is beginning to burn. And some of you, it's even coming back to uh, the back of your neck. And it's just beginning to burn. And I'm just praying that it gets hotter. Now, I do not want you to come up here unless, like, this is uncomfortably hot at this point. Um, and if that's you, I want you to come up. I want to pray for you first because God's doing something significant. There's a burning up here at the top of your chest, over your shoulders. Some of you, it's on the, even on the back of your ears and the back of your neck and the top of the, your back. I want you to come on up. I want to pray for you. You're going to pray with me, Travis. It's not you. Shakaraba. Come up to the altar. Come all the way forward if you would. Shadaba, come. Can my ushers, if I could, please. pray in spirit. I'm just going to pray really quick here. Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would increase your anointing in this place. You increase your authority in this place, Jesus. Now, some of you, you're not sure. You're like, I'm feeling it, but I don't know if that's really me or not. Here's the, here's the trick. Ask Jesus. Should I go up or no? Just ask him. I remember when I first started this church, and it was just a little Bible study in my room years ago. And I was going to a meeting. Holy Spirit said to me, he's going to have an altar call for pastor. And when he does, you go up. Okay. And sure enough, I get there, drove several hours. I get there and he says, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to call. I'm like, if there's any pastors in the room that come up. And that was the Lord speaking identity that I couldn't, I couldn't see on my own. But he wanted me to see how he saw me. But if you're not sure, you're supposed to come and ask him. But, I mean, if not, that, that's just as good because I have other things to do. Father, in the name of Jesus. Well, let's sing this together real quick. Come on. 